Man, congratulations on signing with Bellator. Thank you. You know, uh, you got Bloodsport this Thursday. Uh, well, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport this Thursday. Is this kind of a, a shoot wrestling thing, or is this going to be more of a pro wrestling style? Oh, uh, very much a shoot wrestling style. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there are other notable, you know, MMA fighters and wrestlers on there and pro wrestlers on there that were uh, that were considered shooters. So it seems pretty interesting that you're going that route. Um, with the Bellator signing, will that affect uh, Josh Barnett's blood sport in the future? It actually will not. Okay. I have a caveat to that. So I will be able to uh, continue, continue more with what we're doing. Oh, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Thanks. So how did this come about with signing with Bellator? I know you got your release with, with uh, UFC. You've been on a two-and-a-half-year hiatus from from fighting. You have an 81%-plus uh, win record, which is, which is phenomenal and almost unheard of these days. Um, is it just the drive to continue to fight in your 40s that you just love it that much? Uh, yeah. I mean, really, it's just about get the most out of it and to use up that opportunity while it exists because it's not the kind of thing you can, you can't wind the clock back and, and go back to it. And you've only got so much time and I've been pretty lucky to be able to be in the sport as long as I have. So, um, I just don't want to look back and think that I could have done more. Right. Well, I mean, you've been a champion in multiple organizations, including the UFC, and now going into Bellator, I assume you want to face Ryan Bader for the title as quickly as possible, at least two fights down the line, let's say. Um, what's it like going back and working for Scott Coker again, since you had previously worked for him at, in Strikeforce? Uh, I, I expect that it should be just as crucial as it was the first time, and uh, yeah, you're right, I do want to get a chance to fight for that Bellator heavyweight title as soon as possible um, and be the first UFC, the first heavyweight to have a UFC belt and a Bellator belt. Well, it'd be inter- it would be great to see. I mean, you know, especially being the first at anything. Um, you're following along the lines of Severin and, and Couture where in your 40s you're continuing to grow as a fighter and, and go on for, for title bouts. Um, what does that say about the longevity for the sport and for athletes going into their forties. I mean, you know, does it tell everybody they can do it or are you guys just a unique breed to still be able to do it? Uh, I, I actually don't think that it, it, it says that this is a possibility because they're, they've done uh, numerous amounts of stats. I wish I could point you to the, uh, to the, the article and the, the stats that they've collected, but they, the stats usually say, once you get to about seven years into a career, that's when your um, win-to-loss ratio starts to radically change and you start to fall off. And so, um, you, you know, 10 years in, most people, uh, the, the general, I mean, uh, I think it's like 80% of people or more or something like that, they start going, you start losing mm-hmm. most of the time and winning. And so the fact that I've been able to stay as effective as I have all the way 22 years into my career is actually a bit of an anomaly, but it does happen. Well, congratulations on staying healthy. I mean, very few people can. I mean, look at Tony Ferguson, young guy, and he's starting to have some issues that are visible even just on camera from a distance. Uh, how would something like that affect somebody like Tony? You know, should, should people consider that or, you know, should he consider retiring or should he just completely get checked out and, you know, come back to full strength if he can. 
I really don't know what the answer to that is. You know, I'm not a neurologist, um, nor anyone's neurologist for that matter, but um, a lot of that is dependent on genetic factors um, and uh, family history. Uh, also, just I suppose your, your uh, luck of the draw in some way, or you know, lack thereof. I I personally can't say that I have had anything uh, remotely like what Tony or some of these other fighters have gone through. Uh, but like I said, it's just really not an exact science as to how taking blows to the head is going to affect you one way or the other. I mean, there's plenty of NFL athletes you'll come across that seem probably just as clear and um, and uh, and uh, how should I put it? Uh, clear and succinct as, as ever, but others, you know, even with a shorter career, you will notice uh, a decline in their cognitive abilities. Right. Well, it's it's an unfortunate thing, and we wish Tony to get well soon. Um, I have to ask this though, for the personal level. What made you decide to have this big reveal? Not well on ESPN. It's a big deal because the UFC has their uh, their uh, um, their contract with the UFC for all their pay per views now. But to do it on April Fool's Day was it just because that was the day you were scheduled to speak with Ariel, or was it like an extra kick in the teeth that people were going to question if it was an April Fool's joke or not? It was just really a matter of serendipity. Mm. That's really all it was. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic because we enjoyed it, and I know their ratings probably skyrocketed, and there had to have been some confusion on the UFC's part going, wait a minute, this is our home turf, and here are the Bellator guys talking to us. I, you know, I don't know <laughs> that the UFC really gets too flustered about something. I mean, it's a it's an MMA show. It's not the Ariel Helwani UFC show. It's right. the Ariel Helwani MMA show. So yeah. um, they're going to talk about MMA on a, on a global scale, and and it wasn't meant in any way to be a, a kick in the teeth of the UFC. I'm not, I don't have any interest in trying to burn that bridge or right. or speak poorly of them. You know? Right. No, and we're not trying to get you to. It's just that you know some people could view it as such, and that's why we have to bring it up. Well, I mean, some people view things any number of subjective ways. I, I mean, and I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's completely out of the realm of possibility. Um, to, to think that someone might do that, but in this case, that it's not it's not how it was. Well, from my personal interactions with you and some of our mutual friends, you know, I've never seen that from you. I mean, uh, Dan Pinozian's a mutual friend of ours, and you know, you were kind enough to help fix his uh, classic Gen One Pontiac that was sitting in the garage for so long. And, you know, not too many people would go that far to to do that for a friend of theirs. And we've seen you at concerts just moving amps and basically being a roadie just because you're friends with the band and you're doing them a favor. So you never seem to be that person to just do something malicious in that regard. Oh, I'm full of malicious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honest, but uh, spite and hate. Yeah, I'm uh, I easily... Uh, you know, create rivers of blood based on the the the, the anger and and uh, and uh, malintent that lives inside me. But uh, I would say that what worked out well for for the other day also had to do with me doing something because in this aerial show, and we've been friends a long time, and so I knew it would give him 
as well as myself, a lot of good publicity and, and get people talking and, and the fact that we could do something together like that. And even though I know he wasn't in on it, and, and it was also duly fun to see him just be flummoxed, but uh, it truly, you know, I sit down at that desk, he's sitting there, we're, we're, we're doing it together, you know? Right. And it was great. And I, I don't think I've ever seen Ariel at a loss for words like that before. Uh, well, uh, I do pride myself in being able to person that can draw that out of them or can keep it from being drawn out of them. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, taken a month of beer path on movies before. <laughs> uh, you know, has there been talk of when the first fight will be, who will it be with, and when can we expect to see you in a Bellator cage? Nothing yet. Okay. Um, but, you know, cars in front of horses and all that kind of stuff. And right. I still have a lot of planning to do. I've got blood sports to, uh, to get through uh, in the next two days. i got a seminar I'm teaching tomorrow with Hideki Suzuki on catch catch can wrestling. And I've got a lot of prep still for uh, the Challenger Muay Thai series that I'll be the host of as it films in Malaysia. Um, and that will be a, a global product. So I got to be on my A game. Man, you're busy. I mean, you were you were ring or you were commentating for New Japan. You're shoot fighting, MMA. You know everything else that you got going on. When do you find time to sleep at this point? Um, sleep. Well, <laughs> just on I the plane. Have, I just have a little app and it just hypnotizes me for five minutes, and, <laughs> and that's that's how I managed to make up some lost time. I mean, hell, I could be asleep right now. Right. <laughs> Oh man, Josh! Uh, if you you know who would you like to fight first if Bader isn't on the table instantaneously? I don't know. I haven't really given a whole lot of thought to it. You know, my general attitude is whoever they pay me and whoever is dumb enough to step up makes sense. And you're, since you're going to be coaching with Suzuki the, uh, at the seminar tomorrow and your matches against him on Thursday. Are different you? Suzuki. Oh, different Suzuki. I thought it was the same one. For... Suzuki is going to be uh, teaching the seminar along with me, mm. and Minoru Suzuki will be my opponent uh, in the main event of Blood Sports okay. uh, day after tomorrow. I was going to say maybe you're, you're scouting him out, looking for some weaknesses in the seminar. If it was the two of you coaching together. Well, I've called a lot of the action uh, for New Japan with Suzuki being in the ring, and we go way back. Uh, we've trained together while on tour with New Japan, so uh, I've not, I'm not going to sit on my laurels and think that he hasn't learned something new in all that time, right. or that perhaps he showed me everything that he knew even then. So um, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever surprises he may bring. Well, we're looking forward to Thursday night. Uh, when did when did they approach you to take over from Matt Riddle? as uh, as the uh, primary uh, source for Bloodsport? Uh, last, uh, I guess it would be fall of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been in uh, planning to create this thing and put together what you see uh, coming up on the 4th uh, for you know, quite some time, about four months at least. Wow. Well, it looks like a great card, and we're excited to see what comes of it. Uh, what time is the wh- uh, what time is uh, bell time for Thursday night show? Uh, four p.m. Eastern. Okay, and it's uh, fourteen fights on the card, or sorry, four combatants on the card, and any uh, any special events going on as well, like autograph signing or meet and greet or anything of that sort. There is a meet and greet from three 
to 355 with Minoru Suzuki, but that is it. We are not doing meet and greets. Um, I know that's kind of a typical thing with indie wrestling, but that we're not following that format at all. Um, and we're just sticking with bringing the best wrestling product and having people show up and watch watch two individuals go out there and, and go to war. And there'll be eight bouts uh, on this part, actually. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're looking to, to give everybody an experience they're not going to get anywhere else. Uh, during all WrestleMania week. Right. Well, your style is very technical. It's very catch, uh, very retro in some instances, uh, just hammering your opponents down. Um, you're bigger than Suzuki himself, so we expect to see a, a lot of grinding on him. And, you know, so it's uh, it's going to be a fun time this weekend. Is it going? It's going to be eye pay per view, or is it going to be also on regular pay per view? It will be uh, streaming through Fight TV. Okay. Uh, which is an internet. Uh, pay-per-view service, which you can use with an app on your phone, uh, tablets, uh, smart TVs. Uh, I believe you can put the app on your Roku and all that different stuff, Xbox One, PS4, probably all that stuff. Right. And, and, those, uh, and those who aren't familiar with Fight TV, it's F-I-T-E. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't go thinking you spell it right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's completely... Uh, throw everybody off when they're thinking about something to do with combat sports. Right. Proper grammar and spelling. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of us have had our concussions over the years, so, you know. I I truly can understand. <laughs> Perfect. Josh, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. You got this seminar. You got Bloodsport. Congratulations on your signing with Bellator. Uh, let's hope the Paramount family is as good to you as Strikeforce was prior. And, you know, we can't wait to see you in the cage. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care, man.